Oh, hey, Morgan here. And in case you missed it, Hannah and I usually start every podcast recording session grabbing our afternoon coffee. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, you can now fuel the podcast by buying us a coffee. No, really. There's a website called buymeacoffee.com. And all you have to add is a forward slash and we pod. That's buymeacoffee.com slash W-I-I-P-O-D. We love creating the pod. You love listening to the pod. Support the pod financially by buying us a coffee. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about team meetings and how to structure them. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Hello. What were your business highs and lows this week? Well, it is officially the first week of 2023 now that we're recording this. Woohoo! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! You'll be about two weeks into the new year by the time you listen to this, but happy re-new year. My high of the week was I spent New Year's Eve, I almost said Christmas Eve, I spent New Year's Eve vision planning for my business. I kind of started it like right after Christmas and just kind of like piddle-paddled with it, but really finalized some things during our podcast recording, as well as on New Year's Eve. And so my high is just going into this year with so much clarity of what I want to get done, especially in this first quarter and how I'm going to prioritize my time and how I'm going to say no to things that aren't a hell yes. Can you give us a TLDR of more details? I know you talked about this on our Q4 reflection, Q1 projections, but like what are, what are you prioritizing Q1? Prioritizing, simplifying things and only saying yes to branding and web design projects, because I want to nail down that signature offer, create the systems, lay that in place, start building on that piece of it only until I hit over a hundred K in revenue. That'll be my threshold of, or like my marker of when I can start focusing on other projects. I love that boundary. Thank you. It feels really good. That is very simple. My low of the week is that I pretty much took all of last week off. So the last week of 2020. And so getting back into a routine this week, especially since Monday was like a technically a holiday, but not really a holiday. I'm so sleepy. I just like getting back into like a consistent routine. I'm just giving myself a lot of grace this week to like be lazy on the couch for afternoons and then go get myself a hot chocolate, marble hot chocolate from Starbucks. If anyone needs a little evening pick me up, that is my go-to drink because there's no caffeine in it and crank out some work in the evenings. I feel that so hard. I've been waking up at 8 a.m. I literally never sleep in that much and I'm 
putting air quotes of sleeping in because I know that's not sleeping in for some people. And I don't think it's wrong to get up at eight o'clock, but I love to get up between the six and the seven hour, even sometimes a little bit before just to have that quiet time. And it's still a little dark outside and just ease into the day. But I've been a hardcore snoozer this week. Same, same. I like rushed around this morning because I was like, I'm going to pack up all my Christmas stuff. I'm going to go drop it off at my parents' house. I have two appointments out in the burbs. Like, let me go get all that taken care of. And I snoozed so much this morning that I called my mom and I was like, I'm not going to make it to y'all's house. Can you meet me at my appointment so I can just transfer everything to your car? And she very graciously did. It's like, oh. thank you. I, said, I can keep it into my car until next time I come visit y'all. But like, I just want, I want Christmas out of my house. Totally makes sense. It's yep. a different vibe. Got to have it's a different, different vibe. vibe now I get to stare at my beautiful fake olive tree instead of my Christmas tree. And it just brings me a lot of joy going into the new year. Yay. What were your highs and lows? Oh, my high this week is definitely having a lighter week and feeling excited for the new year. Um, If you've been listening to the pod, I'll talk in and out about being burnt out, which I think is just natural when we find our limits in our businesses and needing to take some space, which is my word of the year. So I'm feeling excited that I'm feeling excited. If that's not meta. um, No, I love it. I'm here for the excitement for the excitement. Yes. And my team's really excited too about the changes we're making at Nourished and it's just good energy all around and it feels nice to be easing in. My low is I'm dreading starting grad school again in a couple of weeks. So I've been thinking about that a lot and kind of anxiety spinning of, fuck, it feels so good right now. Everything feels manageable. And I think it's the grad school that's pushing me over the edge a bit. And I only have two classes left. Dude, four months and you'll be back to this feeling again. Yes. You're almost there. Until I fill my time with something else like Spanish lessons, which feels less intense. That's so different than grad school. Yeah. Yeah. So different. And that's going to become even more like a fun hobby as opposed to like the dread of grad school whenever we travel this summer to Spanish speaking places and you'll be able to communicate, communicate. Absolutely. You want to know how fucking crazy I am? Do I? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I I like set up a consult for Spanish lessons this week (laughs) in the, is it, is it the one in your building? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There's one in my, uh, building where nourished Colorado is it's on the first floor and I'm going to talk to somebody about starting lessons. I'm going to see what it entails. Am I crazy if I start that while I do grad school? Cause I really just want to like get some momentum. I mean, I feel like that's probably a commitment of like what? once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like 90 minutes each time. Are they private lessons or group lessons? They have both. I'm going to talk to them okay. about what option might be good for me. And I'm also going to tell them about my situation and if they feel like the workload is doable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So- I think they'll know best, but you're talking to someone who would make time for language lessons above <laughs> a lot of other things. So Touche. Okay. We'll keep you all updated if I start my Spanish lessons sooner than I was planning to. Cause I definitely was going to start them after grad school, but I would like to be building my foundation of Spanish quicker than I am. Mm-hmm. AKA one Duolingo lesson a day is not cutting it. And do so you know I- what classes you're taking for grad school? Like what mm-hmm. are your last two classes are? Yep. Uh, the one that I'm enrolled in, in two weeks is Stratcom strategic communication. And then my final class will be my capstone, which is where I 
pull everything I've learned from my program and make some kind of project. Are you anticipating those to be just as hard as this last class you took? Not nope. hard, time consuming. No, that's why no. I'm like, literally there's been no other class that has kicked my ass more than performance management. And also that class helped me so much. Yeah. So it's so hard. The time I put in feels like it's going to pay off in my businesses. Yeah. However, that almost killed me. Are you open to a suggestion? Yes. What if you said no to more business clients until the end of grad school and replace that with Spanish lessons instead? <gasps> well, I am, I'm waiting to hear back from two more people. And if they book, then I'm booked out for okay. the next six months anyway. Yeah. So that is going to be happening. That might be a good indicator of like, if the if they book, then the universe is telling you that you need to do business coaching clients. But if not, then I, there is some space, word of 2023, space in your schedule to do Spanish lessons. I'm just going to throw it out there. You take it, take it, or take it, or leave it. My capacity for business coaching clients is about 15 total mm-hmm. for the month. Is that my, is that math correct? Yes. I'm pretty sure that number is higher than what you said on the, I feel like every time we talk, it goes up by one. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just holding you accountable. No. Okay. You're right. I'm so all over the place with my brain. Um, 15 is the max that I'll do. A month. Sitting around 10 to 12 is better. Okay. And if I do that, then I will have capacity for Spanish. And some new upcoming projects for the pod. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Suspense. More coming on that soon. <laughs> well, are you ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. Today, we are talking all things team meeting. This probably sounds kind of random, but there's actually a lot of pieces that come along with what I would say the bigger concept is communicating with your team, getting stuff done, knowing when to come together, all of that stuff. So what constitutes a team? Well, I love this question because you and I are our own team and we have intentional team meetings. Some of those also involve Caitlin. My team meetings look a little different because I only have one virtual assistant and one design assistant. And so it's more like one-on-ones than like a full team capacity. But I'm pretty sure whenever we were talking about adding this topic to the podcast schedule, it was around the time that you had done some team meetings. I had just had a meeting with one of my people and I was, I, I noticed this thing that came up inside of me of like, I don't know what it would be like to run a team meeting of more than just one or two other people. And I know that you have a lot of experience running team meetings. So I was like, I feel like this is something that people might just be interested in. So that's what constitutes my team. And by team, I mean me and one or two other people, usually on a Zoom call. Awesome. And that's for Morgan Sinclair Designs. That's for Morgan Sinclair Designs. And wait, one, my design assistant with Morgan Sinclair Designs, my VA with Weight Inclusive Business Academy. I guess technically I could also throw in... Houston eating disorder specialist, which is the nonprofit that I sit on the board for because 
this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I'm a quite opinionated person when it comes to streamlining things. <laughs> so I have a lot to say on the board. I can um, confirm that. I can confirm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is what it is. And it's one of my favorite things about me. So I'm just going to own that. We love it. And at least I, I I walk the walk and talk the talk. I complain about the systems. I offer so- solutions. And then I contribute to the solutions. Perfect. So full circle. Anyway, so that's also a team uh, that I'm a part of. And kind of within that is the conference that me and Hannah Stefan plan. Amazing. What's and then team? Caitlin is a part of every team that I'm a part of because she is my right hand woman and helps me with everything I do. So I would say that for my business coaching, Caitlin and I are the team essentially who meet for things. Uh, we really don't meet that much as far as values driven group because it's pretty self-sufficient as far as right now, my only offering is one-on-ones and some intensives, depending on if I feel like there is a special need for someone's specific situation where group practice coaching doesn't exactly fit. And with that, that doesn't really come with a lot of need to connect with Caitlin about it. We'll just mention one or two things in our regular meeting that we have for Nourish Colorado. So I have a bunch of different meetings for Nourish Colorado. The first one is I meet with Caitlin twice a week. We have an agenda that she plans and runs me through based on what's happening in the inbox and with inquiries and ideas she has and things that the team needs. Caitlin manages all of that for us. And that's how we kind of run through our meetings. Um, Then I have meetings with my leadership team and we're actually switching up things this year, which is really exciting. I meet with both of our clinic supervisors one-on-one for a meeting. And then we're all actually going to meet together with Caitlin once a month to discuss bigger picture leadership stuff. So that's going to be a cool new meeting that we do. And then we have our team meeting, which is with our entire team. We all get together and we do case consult. We do practice updates, all that fun stuff. How frequently are those meetings? So with Caitlin, who is my right hand woman, we meet twice a week for an hour each time. And part of that is A lot of it we've been using to get her situated to the week for all the things I need her to do for me. Also, part of those meetings is supposed to be mentorship from me for her, which I think naturally comes through the process of having these meetings. But we've just had so much going on lately. We literally fill the time with all the tasks I need her to do. So hopefully in the future, as we streamline things and really get organized in our meetings, we'll have some more time for that. Cause that's important to me and her. And then your team meetings are those like once a month, once a quarter team meetings we do weekly. So at my group practice, we think it's really important to stay connected, especially because a lot of the work we spend one-on-one with our clients, it's not too much interaction between each other besides when my leadership team does supervision. So team meeting is once a week, it's on Thursdays. It's for about an hour. And we usually start with a fun question that somebody on the team asks so we can connect and get to know each other. We've had some very silly questions in the past, which has been fun. And then we have some like existential questions. And so it's just cool to see what the team brings. And so that's usually like the first five minutes just to check in. And then we talk about any admin type stuff that needs to be discussed. And then we do case consult. So somebody from the team will bring a case, a client case with no patient identifiers and we'll ask a question about it or present it if they think it's an interesting case that we can all learn from. 
And then we end. All righty. So I think you, I probably know the answer to this based on your answer to that last question. Are you on, are you team have consistent meetings scheduled or are you team sporadic meetings when needed? I am team. It needs to be on my schedule a hundred years ago or else it's not happening. So definitely team consistent, having things set up. Although I will have the occasional random meeting planned that week, but overall meetings I have with my team, as far as with Caitlin, with my leadership team and with the whole Nourish Colorado team that is scheduled because everybody's trying to figure out where to put their clients, where to put their supervision, all that kind of stuff. And so if those things aren't scheduled, they're going to fall into the ether. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I used to be a little bit more sporadic with my meetings. Um, I think that was just because I didn't really know I'm, I'm a huge, um, this meeting could have been an email type person. (laughs) And I think that there, so I didn't want to have just like a random 30 minute meeting on my calendar with my design assistant. If there like, wasn't anything to talk about. And I was like, Morgan, there's always things to talk about literally always. And if, and if it only takes 10 or 15 minutes, then it only takes 10 or 15 minutes, but the consistency of checking in with people, that accountability too, is just so helpful. I get more tasks done when I have a meeting related to those tasks than I do if it's just, if there's not really like an end deadline. And just like today, we literally threw in a sporadic team meeting before we hit record today to talk about some things that we were brainstorming last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that. No, on Monday, because we also had a sporadic meeting on Monday too to kick off accountability club. We've had a few sporadic meetings this week. I was going to say definitely for the pod, we have the most sporadic meetings, but that's mostly because we're always in communication and we're like, Hey, can you make this work? Awesome. And then we throw it on there as we need. And then yeah. we have our regular meeting occurring for recording the podcast. And so I would consider that a meeting with an agenda. Yeah. Well, and our, we have a, every other Thursday meeting as well that we can go in and add stuff into that agenda, but our ability to like have these sporadic meetings with like a, so for instance, we were talking about 2023 revenue streams and we're like, let's throw a 30 minute meeting on there and like crank out as much as possible. We're very efficient at those. Yes. I think that those meetings really function, like you said, for accountability for both of us of like, this meeting is for working on these tasks and hashing it out versus other standing meetings are a little bit, they're not, not intentional, but they have a little bit more of, this is a regular time we meet, bring what you need to here. Yep. Let's get some stuff done versus a very targeted meeting. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, the difference of does this meeting need to be a meeting or can this be an email? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Because as we're having these discussions about the different kinds of meetings of planned on the calendar versus sporadic, it kind of comes back to what is the why here or what is the intention? And so tell us about email or meeting. How I kind of differentiate this is I'll, and I'll lump text messages into emails as well. I want to be really respectful of my team's time. Sometimes that means jumping on a meeting just to touch base because it's going to kind of reset both of us, mainly me, but kind of both of us to finish a project that we had started together. But 
I catch myself sometimes scheduling a call with them just to like tell them everything that I'm going to work on where like that holds the same accountability for me as an email that I can send them saying like, here's what I'm prioritizing this week or a text that I send them of like, here's what I'm working on this week. One of my least favorite things about corporate America, which I know this is kind of a joke of like, this could have been an email is when people get on an hour long call. And usually this happens with like bigger teams where there's more ability to kind of like not be seen, not be heard because you can hide of them just getting on and kind of like either shooting the shit or not having a clear purpose of what the meeting is going to be really gets under my skin because I'm like, what, like I could have gotten so much done during this hour and I didn't feel like my time was being respected. If the purpose of the meeting was strictly to connect kind of like, it sounds like, like y'all's check-in is or anything like that, because I do agree that there needs to be camaraderie within a team, but I need to know that. Like, do I need to come and just be social or, or is there anything that I need to prepare for this meeting? And so Mm -hmm. I think because of that lived experience for me, I'm very hyper aware of my team's time of what is, what is going to be the benefit for them too. Mm. You know what I like to do when I think about that? What? Ask my team. (laughs) I love that. We are always talking about how does your frequency of supervision feel? How does team meeting feel? Are we talking about things you want to talk about? How do you like the frequency is weekly feeling good? And overall it's been positive and reaffirming of people really enjoy team meeting. It's our intentional time to all come together and people love hearing other people's brains and what they have to say about clients and thoughts and ideas. So it always feels really good. And I'm constantly asking for feedback of, especially for the admin stuff, of, hey, we're going to send you an email about this, but do you want us to demonstrate it in team meeting? Would that be helpful? And doing that in real time. And we have one of our employees actually take notes for us whenever it's needed. And we have agendas that we upload to our shared Google Drive. So it's kind of a, we don't have the agenda ahead of the meeting. At least I don't send it out because usually there's really not that much. The main priority of our team meeting is case consult, but we will start with some admin things and then do almost like a reverse agenda of this is what we talked about as far as the admin side and what you need to remember and do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I like asking. I I feel like I've, I've done that with my team too of like, with my design assistant, we have a monthly 30 minute check-in. We're in communication outside of that as well, but that feels really good because that's a, a time for her to voice any concerns, me to share kind of what I'm envisioning for the next month or for the next quarter, where I can just update her on changes that are happening in the design studio. For instance, like wanting to develop a show it template site, definitely want to loop her in on that as well, because that's going to require more of my focus, which might impact client load, things like that. Can I say a hot take? Oh, I love hot takes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I talk about this a lot with my group practice business coaching clients, and I feel really strongly about it. It's going to sound hypocritical in a bit because how I have my team meeting set up kind of mimics this, but I'll explain myself in a minute. I think supervision and talk about admin performance, all of that should be separate. I think they should be separate meetings. 
between supervisors and employees of here's clinical talk, supporting you in cases, talking about your countertransference, all of that. I think that should be a separate meeting from, hey, here's the admin stuff I need you to do. I like that hot take. I think that's a really solid hot take. How do you split it up if you only have one meeting a week with your team? It's a good question. So what I like to do is, and maybe that's why we do weekly team meetings so that we have that whole time, mostly for case consult, even though some admin stuff slips in there. However, most admin things need to be said to everybody. So saying it in the one meeting and knowing that we have team meeting to be able to do that in takes the pressure off of having to use that one hour that you have with your supervisee to do that. However, if there's an issue that is related to one clinician that maybe the whole team doesn't need to have a talking with about, then I would just set up a sporadic meeting, one random meeting for 15, 30 minutes and discuss it then. Are you talking about the difference between your Thursday team meetings being more case consult admin and then one of your clinical supervisors having a one-on-one meeting with one team member? Mm-hmm. So do your clinical supervisors and the other dietitians of your team, do they have weekly meetings recurring as well? They sure do. They okay. sure do. If someone's been at the practice for over a year and they're very skilled in their work, then they meet with their supervisor every other week. But part of our system at Nourish Colorado and why I think we're so cool is we provide a ton of support for clinicians. And so typically people have one to two hours of supervision a week if they want it. And if that's helpful to them and doesn't feel like it's using too much of their time, right? Going back to respecting people's time. And then we have team meeting where we all come together. Thinking about like structure of different types of meetings. Can you walk us through what prep work looks like, both prep work for you as the business owner, for you as the team lead, and for preparing the attendees, if anything, what, I mean, we kind of already talked about what structure looks like in while the meeting's actually happening, and then any structure after to support the meeting. This is a really good question, actually, because I am surprise, surprise, a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. So I don't do a lot of prep for meetings. I've never been one to prep a lot for client sessions. I've never been one to prep a lot for supervision. I'm very much show up with your stuff and let's work with it. And that's how I function best. So an example with my meetings with Caitlin, that's why I put it on her to bring what we need to work on. And so i believe she spends some time kind of getting organized for our meeting, or we'll be communicating in between our meetings of like, let's talk about this when we meet next. And then we'll go through our agenda. So we're almost making the agenda during the week as things are coming up. If something's more pressing again, we can have a sporadic meeting and then we'll just address that thing in the moment. But that's sort of how it works with my assistant with the team. Sometimes myself and another supervisor at the practice in our meeting, we will come up with things that we need to talk about with the team this week. And we'll have that agenda, but otherwise case consult, whoever's turn it is to go as in, we let clinicians volunteer themselves if they're like, Hey, we really need support. And if someone's not really feeling like they have a case, then we'll go with somebody who hasn't presented in a while. We don't have a formalized system, but the team is on the same page with knowing that's how it goes. Yeah. I'm not a big prepper. 
I'm a show up and let's do some work in a meeting. Sometimes we have to have a meeting to prepare for another meeting. I did that a lot when I did my big team meeting that I've talked about on a couple episodes now where we basically tore apart Nourish Colorado and all the things we hate and came up with plans to address things as much as we can within our limitations. And that big meeting that was quote unquote sporadic was actually very planned and discussed in many of our supervisor meetings. So it's very meta of like a meeting for a meeting for a meeting. Sounds very corporate. It does. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're like, what actually got accomplished with all of these meetings for the meetings for the meetings? Yep. Okay. So this is where you and I differ. I am naturally a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal, except for when it comes to meetings, because I don't like being caught off guard. I don't like catching other people off guard. And so I usually like to go into meetings with an agenda or just like a, here's what I'm thinking about working on or talking about this time. I always start my meetings off with providing space for the other person to add anything to the list. Or I'll say like, here's what I'm thinking about anything you want to add to this list. And then we prioritize that list based on importance. I recommend your way more than my way. (laughs) You always keep us on track for our meetings because I'll just show up and be like, yay, Morgan, we get to catch up. And you're like, all right, here's the agenda. And I'm like, yay, thank you for making the agenda. (laughs) Yeah. And I just like, I think it goes back to the, the anxiety. And I, and I don't think this is an anxiety personal to me. I think this is like a shared anxiety with a lot of people where like, your boss randomly throws a meeting on your schedule and like, doesn't tell you what it's about. And you're like, what's that? Why are we meeting? Am I about to get fired? Like that fear-based mindset. And I'm also speaking as someone who's been on performance improvement plans before that scares the shit out of me. And so I would never want to be that source of anxiety for someone else. And I know that's so much projection, but I've also been on corporate America, TikTok long enough to know that that is not a me problem. That is a like whole world gets anxious about random meetings on their schedule. 1000%. I would say that it's not trauma informed to do that to somebody. So what I will say, even though I won't have a full agenda with somebody, if I have a topic that I'd like to discuss with somebody, I'll send them an email and arrange that sporadic meeting, right? Of like, mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question about these two things. Would it be okay if we met for 15 minutes to explore this openly and figure it out? That way they have some time to prep, but it's not an official agenda where they get a document from me because I fucking can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I think think my like happy balance between all of that is in the Google Calendar invite in the description section, I usually put what I want to talk about. And as things come up, for instance, my monthly meeting with my design assistant, I'll throw stuff in there and I don't know if she looks at it or not, but that's where I have everything to keep track because as much as I love Google docs, those types of docs get lost Mm -hmm. in the drive. And so I like having the notes in the calendar invites specifically to be able to go back and reference what we talked about. I mean, same for like the meeting that we had before we hit record today is like we chatted about those on Monday, did like a brain dump sesh. And I just like threw them in our calendar invite. So I would know that that's what we needed to talk about today. I do usually transfer those over to a Google doc, especially like today, if we were building out, like doing some projections and some forecasting of what we, some uh, loose, some qualitative, (laughs) 
not <laughs> quantitative, so qualitative forecasting and productions, then it's helpful, I think, to have a Google Doc. But for the most part, I really, I really like functioning out of Google calendars. That way everyone can see where my brain's at and they're not being caught off guard. Another tool people can use for that as well is a favorite of ours, Asana. Yes. Me and one of me and both of my clinical supervisors actually, we use Asana during the week to add tasks of things to our meeting. And so really that's how we create our agendas too of like, okay, I need to talk to Meg about this. I'm going to throw it in Asana, tag her so she can see it and she knows that we're going to talk about it in the meeting and she does the same to me. You want to know what I discovered this week and I don't even think it was a discovery. In November and December, I was so overwhelmed by my inbox that I only, I started communicating with my design assistant and my virtual assistant only through Asana, where we have like the templates of all of the tasks that we have to do for like a branding project, a web design project to launch a weight inclusive business lesson that I would go in there and like at them. Cause you can upload files in there. You can tag them in it. It is so powerful and it keeps me out of my inbox. It's been such a good tool. I actually checked in with both of them at the end of December and I was like, do y'all like this? Because this is really working for me in my brain right now of both of us having access to all these projects. Tasks are assigned to me. Tasks are assigned to you. You can go in and add things and check things off of your list and we can communicate. It's basically like a live kind of chat in there. It's incredible. Do you use that? Have you used that? No, you're bringing up like a whole other concept we need to talk about on the pod is like why we use the software that we do and for what yeah. I've been having this conversation a lot in business coaching sessions with people of, so we use things like Slack, Asana, emailed Google docs, et cetera. And I think it's really important to be clear with how we use things and why. So for me, I use Slack mostly for communication. I don't think it's helpful to put agendas or tasks or anything in there because they'll just get lost. Yeah. Asana, awesome place for tasks. And I'm curious, I've never used the communication feature on there. So I'm like, Oh, would your conversations get lost or does it, is it set up really well? So you can see them. What's that like? It's a communication. You, you can have a chat within each task. Amazing. So like say the task. So I'm thinking of like something for me and you and the podcast, um, is maybe two to three things that I need to add or send to you for the newsletter because that's my like contribution to the newsletter. Instead of sending you an email with them, I could literally go into that one task, do at Hannah Turnbull and list them out. So you could just go in and copy and paste those. I love that. And so what needs to happen within the team, whether it's you and I, me with Nourish Colorado team, you with your assistant and your designer is, are we all on the same page with where we put what and how we're communicating and feel good about it? Yep. And it's like a team meeting outside of a team meeting. <laughs> Back to the meta. Back to the a meeting meta. On a meeting on a meeting. Yes. <laughs> to summarize everything, we are pro having consistent check-ins with our teams. It creates a strong, not to sound too corporate, ethos amongst <laughs> everyone. What's a better word? A vibe. It creates a strong vibe amongst everyone. And Connection, company culture. There we go. All those things. I don't know why ethos came to mind. <laughs> Anywho, uh, it creates just a solid community of your team. There's just so much power that comes with 
being able to check in with people, know what's going on to an extent, know what people, what's going on in people's personal lives that might be impacting how they're showing up on the team. It's nice to have a purpose going into the meeting, whether that's a general, we're meeting every other week. This is a space for you to bring X, Y, Z, or we're meeting every week because this is when we're recording our podcast episode, or this is when we're co-working together. Me and my virtual assistant just set up bi-weekly power hour co-working sessions because that's the accountability I need right now in order to get stuff done for Weight Inclusive Business Academy. And we're going to try that out. And we're, you know, we're going to try it out for a few weeks. And if it's like not working, that's okay too. But like I said, if there's something on, if there's a meeting on the calendar with someone else and I know they're expecting things from me by that date, it really helps me with getting those tasks done. So what I hear you saying is consistency and intentions are important and set up systems that make sense to you and your team. Yeah. And I wish we had a magic answer of like, this is the system to work for everyone. But in reality, it's what works best with you and your team's brains. I will throw in, did you ever finish reading traction? Nope. Okay. I need to, I need to get back on my journaling and reading (laughs) in the mornings, but I'm sleeping until fucking 8am. Okay. You'll You'll get there eventually. In Traction, he has a whole section about structuring team meetings. And one of my biggest takeaways, which like, I can't do this with my team because we're small and mighty and completely virtual and don't meet in person. But one thing that Gina Wickman recommended in his book is for in-person teams having, I think it's once a quarter going off site. So meeting in a place that isn't your office space to be able to just be in a more neutral environment that is a little bit out of the norm to have more of like this, like vision brainstorming type session. There's just, there's a lot of good information in the book traction about setting up team meetings. Ooh, now you're motivating me to want to get back to reading it. So I actually, most of my team meetings are virtual. Oh, however, my leadership meetings are often in person. Gotcha. Don't you, didn't you take your team off site though, for like a meeting one time? Maybe that was just a fun hangout session. We do happy hours and offsites for team connection, oh, okay. which I guess could be seen as a different kind of meeting. So we yeah, do a quarterly happy hour for the quarters that we aren't doing our semi-annual big thing for our team. And then the other two quarters, we do a connection offsite. So a couple of years ago, we went skiing and we had a nice dinner Recently, we went to a wine tasting and had like a six course meal. So we really focus that less on work and more on just bonding as a team. But that's definitely a meeting. Definitely a meeting. Well, as you get through traction, we can do a little follow up to this or add some stuff in the show notes. Or if you want to go read traction, it's a really great book. We'll link it. Thanks for listening to the Way Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with the business bestie, go buy us a coffee, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.